Uh, I got it. I got it. No, no. Okay. Hey, everybody. Um, <laughs> David here. Good to, good to be with you guys. Sorry we had a false start a while ago. So I just want to check. We're, we want to make sure with our friends on uh, YouTube, David Hebner TV, Facebook. Um, are, are we there? Are we there? Okay. Well, it's so good to be with you guys, and we're here in the um, Cathedral of Last Evangelist, where we filmed the uh, TV episode, Last Evangelist, and um, um, this is our first meeting here. It's our first, even though we've had conferences here, this is our first official just get-together with like-minded people, right? And as, are we good? Yeah, we're good? So as we ask God to continue in our lives the way that we need for him to continue because he has brought you to a certain place i don't want you to feel like god has abandoned you because he hasn't he's brought you to a place he's brought you here you see the fact you're hungry means that you are blessed that god's talking to you and god's talking to me and he wants to take us to a higher level he's saying look i got something more for you there's not a lot of time and we need to get serious about this, right? So let's everybody stand up. First of all, I want to go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for this wonderful group of people. Lord, we're a peculiar people. Yes, we are. We are strange and we are crazy, but we're crazy for you. And we don't mind, we don't mind offending man if we defend you. We hereby proclaim that you are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We stand on your word alone. And it matters not what the culture says, what the politicians say, what the entertainment business says. It says it only matters what you say, Father. We stay with you. And as we come together, Lord, I ask that you accept our songs as worshiping in truth and in spirit. Lord, you're a mighty God. Yes, you are. My buddy, put your hands together like this. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. What an awesome God. What an awesome God we serve. Come on, get happy now. What an awesome God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What an awesome God we serve. What a loving God. What a loving God we serve. What a loving God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a loving God we serve. What a powerful God. What a powerful God we serve. What a powerful God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What a powerful God we serve. What an awesome God. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore Him. What an awesome God we serve. He's got the whole world 
In his hands he's got the whole world sing. In his hands he's got the whole world. In his hands he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the little bitty babies. In his hands he's got the yeses and the maybes. In his hands he's got the hippies and the crazies. In his hands he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you. He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 What can wash away my sins? What nothing but the blood of Jesus? What can make me whole again? Say nothing but the blood of Jesus. Praise Him. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Oh, no other bond I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is power, power. Wonders working power in the blood of the Lamb. This is power, There's power in the blood, power in the blood when I overcome. Oh, Lord, victory and oh, there's wonderful power in the blood. Everybody sing it. Oh, yes, there's power, power, wonders working power in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, there's power, power, wonders working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. All right, just the girls singing power in the blood. This is power, 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 Alright guys, here we go. It's just a few of us. We've got to blow them out of water. One, two, three. Yes, is power, power, wonders working power in the blood of the Lamb. Yes, it's power, power, wonders working power in the precious blood of the land. Everybody sing it. Yeah. Yes, it's power, power, wonders working power in the blood of the land. Yes, it's power, power, wonders working power in the precious blood of the land. Of the land. All right, praise God. We've got a good round of applause, you know. Oh, thank you, Lord. You know, I want to sing one more song because you guys are really on fire. Man, I'm telling you. You girls are something else. By the way, there's only four guys here, you all. So I, I want you guys out there on social media to go, hey, what happened to the guys, you know? And they're all in the back, back there. <laughs> My mother went to be with the Lord last week, and uh, she was a great lady. But you know what's sad is that we always say people are so great after they've gone. And as I was at the funeral home, and it was so remarkable, the celebration, I started thinking, why don't we celebrate our funeral before we actually die? Right? 
I mean, seriously, because they so many great things. You want to hear what people are going to, you see what I'm saying? And so I came up with the idea that, you know, I'm, before I pass, of course, you never know when Lois will call you home, but I'm going to go ahead and fake my death with the casket and everything. And I'm going to lay there and I want to hear what everybody's saying. And I tell my wife, I said, if it ain't going good, close the casket and, sh and shut the doors, you know. But, but all, in all honesty, okay, yeah, in, in, all, in all honesty, though, folks, I think you'll agree with me. There's such great things said about people after they go to be with the Lord or after they pass on. But we should be saying these things before they do. You see what I'm saying? And, and that's why another reason I want to get together and I want to talk about. And by the way, out there, we've been talking about church. What's happened to the church? You know, we're hungry here. We're starving, right? But also, what about love? And, then, you know, people go, David, you don't talk about love much because you cast out demons. Yeah, I have a love of casting out demons. So, it's, you know. But, but I, I'm going to talk about love b before the night's over and, and what, how we as Christians, uh, how Jesus shared his love and what he really did as a man, and I'm not talking about just on the cross dying, but what he did as he walked the face of the earth. And when God revealed that to me, it shocked me. And I want to share that with you tonight. Before we do, I want to do one more song that my mother loved, and I sang it at her um, at the celebration. We, they, you, people call it a funeral, I call it a celebration. And I'm going to slow it down a little bit. But. Um, when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more And the morning breaks eternal bright and fair When the saved owners shall gather over on the other shore When the roll is called up yonder I'll be there Oh, when the road is called up yonder, 
somebody and say, um, ask them if they're here tonight. Are you, Are you here? <laughs> ask them if God loves them. Does God love you? Yes. Tell them God loves them, okay? Yeah, and God loves you guys too. Okay, you may be seated. You may be seated. Um, So I want to, um, we're going to make, uh, we're going to be with you guys for about a half hour, and uh, we've got a, a room full of people here tonight. Um, I said to my wife, I said, you know, there's got to be people locally that are hungry. I said, um, I'm hungry. I'm not just hungry, I'm starving. And I, I, every time I go into a church, and there's a church on every corner here, by the way, and we've been into every one of them. And I'm not going to talk about specific churches, but I'll talk about church in general. I go to church and I'm so starving and so hungry that I go leaving more hungry than when I went in. Now, does that make sense? And, and so what we're talking about tonight out there, guys and girls, is we're talking about church. What happened to the church? How can we bring church back in to our spiritual lives, okay? Now, they talk about the Acts, the Church of Acts, and the Church of Acts is a great model for the church. It's a fantastic model for the church, okay? I love that model, and, and I think it's the closest model we could have to worshiping God. But there's one small problem. This is 2,000 years later. We're not in that culture anymore. Now, when Jesus told the woman at the well, you will worship in truth and in spirit, what he was not talking about was bring back any kind of a thing that was in the past. He was talking about something that would be in the future. So what we need to do is look to the future. God is a future God. He is acting. He's moving constantly. And the problem is you have, and, I, and I, I'm just going to deal with Acts for a moment because like I said, I think it's the best model. I love the church of Acts. Okay. I love worshiping on Shabbat. I love it. So I don't, I don't want you to think for a moment I'm negating it at all. But what happens is we want to go back and we want to take a model that happened 2,000 years ago. We want to try to cram it into our lives today and make it work. And at best, guys grow beards, women wear long dresses with things on top of their head, and they end up back into religion. But God is a God of the future. God is a God that's constantly moving. You say, God, I'm comfortable here. Well, you're in trouble because God is moving. And unless you move with him, you're going to be left behind. And that's what's happened is that right now God is speaking to his people. He's speaking to you and he's speaking to others out there. And I think this is just the beginning. And he's saying, look, time is short. 
I've talked about being lukewarm. And that's what most of these churches are. I'm going to call it what it is, folks. If you were on board the Titanic and I knew it was sinking, would I be telling you it's sinking? And according to God, if I don't tell you the Titanic is sinking, is your blood on my hands? Am I responsible for you? Absolutely. So what does this mean? I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you that when you walk into a meeting, that you hold the meeting accountable. And you can do it. You can change things. And I'm going to share with you my experience in a Six Flags Over Jesus church so that you'll understand what I went through. Now, it gets a little complicated because it, you ask yourself, this building that they call a church, is it really consecrated? Is it dedicated to God? Or is it really a satanic temple wearing a cross out front? Right? So the first thing you need to do is you need to use discernment when you walk through those doors. Is it the building consecrated, dedicated to the one and only God? And I don't care if it's Methodist. I don't care if it's Baptist. I don't care if it's Catholic. I don't care. Matter of fact, denomination gets in the way. When you start worship, now listen to me. When you start worshiping your denomination, you put it even equal to God, you're in trouble. He said, I don't, David, I don't, I don't uh, worship my denomination. Really? Be surprised. We've all been brainwashed. Well, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Well, you just worship your denomination. You mean to tell me that you want to def offend God and you're going to, instead of offending someone else? Is that what you're telling me? No, we, we defend God and we don't worry about offense. The Holy, besides, we can't offend people. Do you understand that? We can't. It's the Holy Spirit in us that does the offending. If you're talking truth, all right? So, number one, when you walk into a building, ask, is God, is, your, is this your building? And the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Now, I know a lot of, some of you go to churches on a weekly or monthly basis, a denomination or whatever. It's important to ask that question. And, it, and God may say to you, yes, it is. Okay, number two, if God says, well, no, let's go back. Number one, if God says, no, it's not, turn around and get out. Do not go into that church. Number two, if God says, yes, that building is consecrated to God, that building is dedicated to me, go in, go in. But now once you're in, understand that you're going to encounter demons. Because demons live in churches. David? That's pretty tough. Well, let me ask you a question. If, you're, if you were a demon, your, your job was to drag people to hell, as, as many as you can, where do you think you would go first? Would you go to a bar? No, they're already headed there. Go to a brothel? No. Go to a drug dealer's? No. You'd go to a place where people are seeking spiritual and you would misguide them, mislead them, making them think they are on the right track. I'm getting pretty. Yeah. But, you know, somebody's got to say this. Amen. 
And I'm praying, and I'm, you know what, brother? These are your daughters, right? You're, you're a lucky man to have three young kids. Sitting in the front row, I got three young men. Yeah, blessed. How old are you? 14, how old are you? 11, how old are you? Hey, look at that, 14, 14, 11, and 8. This brother here's got three young people sitting in this room, listening to what I hope God's saying. I hope it's not me, because I really don't want to say this stuff. I'm, I, you know, I'd rather be sitting back there watching reruns of Little House on the Prairie. But unfortunately, I've watched them all. I've got to go to Andy Griffith. But I don't want to say this, folks. You know, i got things I need to do. But God says, yes, you do. You have to start telling the truth. So now that you're in church and you've God says this house belongs to me, the problem is it's been taken over. Guess whose job it is to clean house? Yours and yours and yours and yours. David, how am I going to clean house? I don't own this church. You don't. God does. But God owns you. And this is my point tonight. This is what I want to talk about. Do we as Christians know who we are? How can we do anything if we don't know who we are? If someone stopped you on the street and said, what is a Christian, what would you tell them? We talked about this, didn't we? What would you tell them? If, so, if, if someone said, are you a Christian? You said yes. What, so what is a Christian? What would you tell them? What is the description of a Christian? Does somebody want to stand up and yell really loud so uh, social media can hear? Would anybody like to stand up? But you're going to have to yell pretty loud here. Okay. Okay, so. You know, one, it, one of the things that I, I, that's what me and my wife don't, don't, associate with Christian anymore. We actually call ourselves disciples. Okay. Because of that reason that a Christian has been so watered down, everybody is a Christian and lives with, with, you know, however, so ever you want to do. Exactly. Everybody's a Christian. But what is a Christian? You got 10 seconds to tell me what's a Christian. What a Christian should be is a follower of Jesus Christ, a doer of what Jesus Christ did. Right, exactly. That's not what a Christian should be. That's what a Christian is. Because if you ain't, you ain't a Christian. If you ain't, you ain't a Christian. That's right. But what, okay, but let's go to Scripture and see what Scripture says. Matthew 10, 7. If you guys at home, uh, you want to go to Matthew 10, 7 and 8. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And this is Jesus speaking. And at this point, Jesus had not gone to the cross. He said, the kingdom of heaven has come near. He is the kingdom of heaven. It's near. And this is what he said. He gave instructions, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. So I want to talk about the four things that we do as Christians, or let me rephrase that, that we should be doing as Christians. And then we're going to take our temperature, our spiritual temperature, and we're gonna see if we're doing those things. Now, what I don't want you to do tonight 
is to go home with your head hung low going, I'm a failure. I don't want you to do that because you are not a failure. All right. We are here to ask God to guide and lead and direct us. You may not be doing any of these things, but the fact that you're here tonight and you're hungry and you're saying, God, I want to I want to be who you want me to be. You are a winner right there. You cannot lose. Do you understand that? You can't lose. So I do not want you to be discouraged on this. This this isn't. And let me tell you something. I've been doing shows for years. I've been, you know, dealing with demons. I've been and I'm going to tell you something. I have no more power in me and no more ability to use it and no more wisdom than these three young gals right here on the front row. Do you understand me? The same power that was in Jesus Christ lives in me and lives in faith. All right. So never, never look at the exterior and say, this is what the interior is all about, because the interior contains the power of the living God. If you're a Christian and you're a human being and you're living and breathing, you contain the the power of God, okay? So four things, heal the sick. We are, Jesus commanded us to heal the sick. Now you can't take a rain check on this. When someone is sick, it is your job to go to work. Now, it doesn't mean that you need to immediately go up and put hands all over them and, and, and pray for an hour. That's not what I'm talking about. As a matter of fact, you may not even need to put hands on somebody. When I was in the hospital with my mother, I walked in the hospital and I detected demonic activity in the hospital, in the room. And I thought, this is strange because, I mean, I, I know my mom and, you know, maybe it was a nurse. I, I didn't understand, but... When I walked in the room, I detected demonic activity. And I had been praying for my mother. She had a stroke. And as I'm praying, God spoke to me. He says, you understand that you're misguided right now. You You have to understand that what you're doing is not exactly what I have in store for you. That's the Lord said. He says, you have demonic activity around here. I said, yes. He said, first, the demons have to go. He said, if you try to heal sick people and there's demons all around the sick people, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to come right back on it. They might bring seven more with them. And you'll be in worse shape than you were at the beginning. So when you approach somebody who is sick, use the sermon. Ask God, say, God, how do I approach this? Is there demonic activity here? Do I need to deal with demonic influence first? Okay. So I, demon, you have no right to be here. You're gone. I've cleaned clean house with my mother. Did we get kicked off? No. Um, So then I start praying. I said, Lord, would you heal my mother, please? Father, I need my mother healed. I need, and God nudged me and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm praying to you, Lord. Leave me alone. I'm busy praying to you. He said, that's your problem. You're begging me. Stop begging. My son never begged. He commanded. You come, once the demons are gone, you command a healing. 
You see, the problem is people want to talk about the disease. Father, get rid of this disease. I don't want to hear about a disease. I want a healing. You see, we as Christians are to call forth that which is not. Not talk about that which is. We're to call forth that which is not. That's what, that's what God did with Abraham. He called forth something that, di- that didn't exist. It was the promised land. He gave him a promise. And you as a Christian, he's calling you into, into something which is not in front of you. And that's what we do as Christians. So we call forth healing. I'm calling forth this healing. So demons had to go with my mother. And then I called forth healing. I'm commanding a healing right now in Jesus' name. Now, we have to be careful because a lot of people think, well, listen, this is the same attitude you cast out demons. It's not. When you're casting a demon out, you're commanding an evil spirit to go. All right? You don't have conversations with evil spirits. You, like, uh, I know we got... I know we got one Catholic here, and I come from a Catholic background. And if you watch The Exorcist, who was, who was a priest, you know, uh, that devil and The Exorcist kicked his rear end and threw him out the window. Why? Because he messed around with holy water. And he, and he uh, read all this Latin stuff. And, and for hours, he had to come. And I said, this guy, this demon's going to kick him and boom, right out the window. Of course, that was reruns. I didn't know then what I know now. But when I watched the rerun, I said, he's going to go. So we don't have conversations with demons, folks. But when you command a healing, it's authority. This is power. You're using your authority to command something into existence, which is a healing. This is not the same commanding demon you have to go. This is the commanding of authority as if a police officer would command you to get out of your car because he has a badge and he has the right to arrest you. He has the authority, therefore he has the power. So you have the power in you to command a healing. My mother started getting better. Really better. The doctors were amazed. They said she didn't think she would, and she really started... But you see, they took her from there to rehab. And um, the minute she went to rehab, she took a turn for the worse. They rushed her back to ER. And God spoke to me at that time. He said, David, you failed to ask me my will for your mother. You see, I wanted my mother to come home with me Father wanted my mother to go home to him. And my mother wanted to go home to him. So when you're praying for someone, and I'm sharing this with you out of my heart, not not trying to preach to you or tell you what to do, but find out, especially if it's a person who has a lot of um, issues, comorbid, uh, morbidity, uh, you know, and they're hurting, they're in pain. Ask God, say, God, what do you want for this person? If you want the person here, I'm commanding a healing. If you want the, the person to go on home be with you, then Father, that's fine with me. Ask the person too and see what they say. Now, sometimes people are hurting so bad that they may be not in the right mind, but go to God with it because he'll tell you. He'll give you that information. And so 
the Lord spoke to me and he said, uh, he said, I want her to come home to me. And at that moment, it was weird because I said, I'm at the emergency room. She's breathing, struggling. And I said, you know, I have to go eat. I have to go eat. It was the strangest thing. Why would I want to go eat? My mother's in ER. And I said, Vicki, she was with me, my sister. I said, Vicki, I'm going to go eat. And I'll be back in a half hour. I'm sure she'll be fine, right? And they said, yeah. And even the doctor said, I think she'll be all right for a while. But I bent down to Vicki and I said to Vicki, who was right next to my mother's ear, I said, Vicki, don't worry. No matter what, she's going home. She's either going home with us or going home with the Lord. My mother heard me say that. That gave her permission to go. Now, I didn't know this until later because I had to rethink it, but it gave her permission to go. Now, let me tell you the supernatural thing that happened. Why would I want to go eat? I really wasn't that hungry. You see, all my life, my mother loved to cook. And I think the last thing she wanted to hear me say was, Mom, I'm going to go eat. And I think that made her smile. And so I'm telling you this because even in the midst of loved ones passing away, God will speak to you as to how to handle uh, you know, sickness and so forth. Okay, Cassie, let's, okay, here we go. Heal the sick, raise the dead. I'm sorry, heal the sick, cast out demons. Now let's get to the third one. It's a tough one, raise the dead. How many people have raised the dead the last couple of days? Anybody raised somebody from the dead? Nobody? How about the past couple of years? How about ever? Faith, you're eight. You got your hand raised? <laughs> this girl, what? I got an eight-year-old girl here that uh, says she might have raised the dead. Actually, you know what? Um, again, it <laughs> doesn't matter how young or how old you are. You have the power of God in you. So let's, let's not look at children as... matter of fact, children are closer to God than we are. Amen. Because they have... Uh, Jesus said, unless you come as a child, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. What was he talking about? He wasn't just talking about, be, you know, be goofy and be open. No, he's talking about use your imagination. God lives in your imagination. In other words, your creativity, right? Eight years old. Amazing. Okay, raise the dead. So let me give you a story. I was in Los Angeles and a friend of mine, he was a, a known actor in television and uh, sitting in my office crying like a baby, just bawling. And uh, I said, what happened? And he said, well, my son, 20-year-old son, just got ran over uh, by uh, an illegal alien. And um, we were changing a tire and he got ran over and he was just bawling like a baby. And so me being the good old Christian that I am, right? I said, well, let me pray for you. He said, no, I don't want you to pray for me. He goes, you're a Christian, right? I go, yeah. He goes, well, I read in the Bible that Christians can raise the dead. He said, David, would you raise my son from the dead? Yeah. This guy who wanted to go pray for him was about this big. Because that tested my faith. But I did, it, I did say, look... I believe that he can be raised from the dead. And if you want me to, I'll stand with you 
and I will do everything in my power, in God's power, to do what it is. I didn't say no, but what I have to tell you is it tested my faith. I had to go back and do a, a temperature check on my spirituality, all right? Now, can the dead, dead be raised? Well, I'm here to tell you, I've interviewed several, well, more than several, people that have raised the dead. They prayed for people and they've come back. It's been documented, okay? Africa, it happens a lot. Well, because they don't have much and they rely on God and they believe. Why? Because they've seen it. I mean, if you're going to raise the dead, what we should do is raise all these dead churches first. Heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead. But then there's number four that we must remember. Number four is preach the gospel. You see, folks, we're not deliverers. We're not um, uh, demon caster outers. We're not uh, people that go around uh, healing the sick. We are evangelists. That's what we do. That's our number one. That should be our number one goal because wrapped up in that is healing the sick, is casting out demons, and is raising the dead. But until we understand that we are to evangelize and tell people, just like this brother did, about who we are in Christ, we follow the Son of God with no compromise. No compromise. So I want to get back before we close here out there and I want to get back to church, okay? Because I want you guys to come up and we're going to share individual people are going to, if you feel like it, I want you to share uh, a, a little testimony and uh, why you're here and something God has laid on your heart, okay? But before we do, I want to get back to how are we going to do church from now on? So how many people here go to a church regularly? Raise your hand. Okay, one, two, three, four, look at that. How many people are 100% fed and you're very happy and you know that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing? Raise your hand. Okay. Probably about 7%, 6%. Now Karen, let me tell you about your dad. Jack, he was my uncle, great man of God. A great man of God. He was never satisfied. He was always searching. And you've got his blood in you. And he was questioning too, but he did it privately. Okay? He would question, but he did it with wisdom. Okay? So it's okay to search. And it's okay to question. Do it with wisdom. Now, as we close, not with us, but with um, out there with... Um, you lovely people out in David Heavener TV. I want you to search your heart and I want you to ask God, God, what do you want for me? What do you want for me? And what do you want from me? Because God is now searching for people in these last days to do church, to do church. Because we're going to have a great awakening and we're going to have, um, we're going to have signs and wonders. 
Signs and wonders are going to happen. Brent, one of the signs and wonders might be this guitar, if it actually has sound to it. Hey, it does. It's great sound and wonder. But listen to me, everybody. This is important. God is tired of messing around. God ain't going to mess around much longer. Do you think he's going to allow these churches to continue on in their lukewarmness? Is there such a word, lukewarm? No! He will not. He's going to put an end to it. And he's going to raise up his people in these last days that are hungry and not satisfied. He's going to raise up people that are willing to say, God, I know you're a moving God and I'm willing to go with you. Now, God may be talking to you to stay right where you are if you go to church. But I will tell you this. If you go to a church day after day, week after week, I can guarantee you, you've got demonic activity roaming in that church. She's shaking her head, she knows. Yes, demons do go to church. You guys are under the most demonic warfare attack that there is because you're in an enclosed environment. And these demons of religion, they're the demons that nailed Jesus on the cross. The worst demon you can ever deal with is the demon of religion. And this demon of religion does not like truth. And when people like us, God's truth warriors, get together, they hate it. But you know something, this building right here that you're sitting in, it's consecrated, it's anointed. Not because it's, I have, matter of fact, I'd, I'd be the worst thing to happen to it. But because we prayed over it, and I've said, God, it's yours. It is your weapon in war. And I'm your warrior. And Father, would you bring more warriors into, into this building? And you're here. That's awesome. And you're God's warrior. And you're yes. God's warrior. The question is, do you have your armor on? Do you know your post? Do you know your position in the military? How many people have been in the military? Raise your hand. If you're in the military, you'll understand that there are different positions in the military. And if you don't know what your post is, where your post is, and what you do as God's warrior, then how will you know exactly how to fight the battle? Because you may be fighting somebody else's battle and you're not supposed to do that. And that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight, but I want to ask you guys there at home. What, is, what, what has God assigned you to do? What is your position as God's warrior? You see, when you were born, before you were born, he knew exactly who you were. He knew exactly what you were to do. He gave you a very specific purpose in life. The question is, are you living out that purpose? I say, David, I want to. We're going to pray tonight for you, for me, for all of us, that God will take us to that level, will take us where we need to be, that God's going to show us how to do church. Now, for you guys out there, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, which is uh, 
day after tomorrow. We have the go live. We have our own service. We're online. If you guys want to join in, I want to invite you because people are hungry. All right. So if we could all stand up. Lord, tonight we've come to you and We've put in our request that we're hungry, that we're not satisfied. Father, forgive us for being lukewarm. Asking right now, Father, that you burn us up, turn up the temperature and make us hot as can be. We repent, we come to you and we surrender all. We surrender the spirit of religion, the spirit of tradition, the spirit of not wanting or being afraid to defend you the sake of offending others. When you sent your son on the cross to die for me and I had the nerve not to defend you, forgive me, Lord. I pray that will never happen again. Father, when people are speaking an untruth about you, when it is a religious opportunity and I have an opportunity to step in and speak words that I believe will come from you, Lord, let me see the tears in your eyes as you watch your son die on the cross. Break my heart, God, break it. That you love me so much that you turn your face away and you let your son just go to hell. And you did it for me. give you that fear. I'm surrendering and I'm giving it to you. The fear. Lord, I'm, I'm surrendering indecision. I'm giving you my indecision. There will be no more indecision. I will make a decision and not be afraid if it's right or wrong. in my body I've been feeling some sickness I'm surrendering that to you God I'm commanding it to go yes. in the name of Jesus it's gone 
surrendering hesitation. That when you speak to me and I'm out in public, I will open my mouth and I'll wait for the words to come out and not worry about it. Father, I'm surrendering my unforgiveness. I'm surrendering my hatred. I'm surrendering my jealousy. Father, most of all, I'm surrendering anything that I've done in my life that's religious. I surrender and I give it away. church if we don't understand that we are the church individually now there's loved ones out there and families and it all starts with the family and I'm believing tonight there's family members that are going to get saved it may not happen tonight it may not happen in the next day or so but I'm telling you things are going to happen if you raise your hand and you've got a family member that you want to stand in their place and you want to come forward, we're going to pray for your family member. It starts with the family. If we can't deal with our family, it, we're not going to deal out in public, not the way God wants us to. Just come forth right now. If you raise your hand, come on up. Come on. And if you've got family out there in social media, David Hebner TV, that needs to be saved, we're going to pray for your family. We're going to lay, stretch our hands out to them. Perhaps you've got a daughter, someone out there with a daughter that needs.
needs salvation. And you've been praying for her. And I'm praying for her. Perhaps you've been praying for your husband. For so many years, you cry out to God, God save them. I'm believing miracles. I'm believing a change in people's lives right now all over the world. But it starts with our life first. Father, you've seen, you see the people that have come forward and we're standing in the place of our, of our loved ones. I'm asking for a miracle, Lord, and that miracle is salvation. Because right now, I believe you're touching the minds of loved ones all over the world. And these loved ones aren't just going to be ones that come to you, Father, but they're going to be the Christians that are on fire. And they're going to be part of this church that we're talking about. in the city of Jeffersonville, Indiana that we're proclaiming to God that we're taking this back, this city back. The evil has been put on notice and is now being evicted. And where you are, if you're listening to me right now, you've got the same situation. You've got evil around you right now in the name of Jesus. The devil is gone. We, are, we have put you on notice. You have your eviction papers. Walk. And I'm praying that the land you stand on right now is anointed. Because you're standing on it. You're anointed. I want you to walk in power. I want you to walk with the power that is in you, that God gave you, that was transferred to you from His Son, Jesus Christ.
Jesus could have prayed anything when he went to the garden before the cross, but he prayed that we would be as one. Father, he said, please. Just as you and I are one, talking about the Father, I would like, I want us to all be one. because you're not with us in person you're out there we're holding hands with you and we're loving you and you're a part of us and we are part of you I want you to pray I want you to pray that God shows his people how to do church without making it a carnival without making it a money machine Without making it a feel-good, six flags over Jesus, cotton candy land sermon. But we can worship in truth and in love and in truth. God bless you guys. I love you all out there. And... Um, I want to, uh, I'm, I'm going to have some people share. We're going to share and pray. Um, for you guys out there, we're going to be signing off. I love you guys. Um, if uh, you want to, don't forget, Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. And uh, for those of you that are new to this uh, broadcast, you can reach us if you need prayer. Call 844-806-0006. We want to pray for you. We have over 600 prayer warriors. Um, if you're interested in getting involved in the ministry in any way, uh, we're here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. And um, uh, you can text the word chosen to 91999. You can go to davidhevener.tv uh, forward slash give. I love you guys. God bless you. And I will see you soon. Okay, does that say end? Yeah.